Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. The topic for uh, tonight is um, letting our heart break open to active hope. Um, and this is just acknowledging the the climate conferences have been going on, the COP26 conference. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you are following that. And, um, and also this climate series that I've been starting, it's been very much on my mind. So we're going to be exploring tonight um, this subject. And I want to share with you a really um, powerful, beautiful uh, video of Joanna Macy uh, speaking with uh, Tanisra, uh, a really inspiring spirit rock teacher uh, on the subject. So now, Eve, uh, if you would offer us a song to start, it'd be great. Yeah, thank you. I'd be happy to. And in fact, James, would you be willing to make me co-host so that I can share a screen? Or maybe I can already. Oh, I can already. Never mind, I will. Okay, so I'm going to um, share my screen so that you can see the lyrics. You all can see the lyrics to this song. And if you want to sing along from behind your muted microphone, please do. I'd invite us to unmute, but that uh, Zoom doesn't work well with that. Um, so here is the song. I dreamed of rain. Let's make it up a little more. Whoops. Okay. And this is by Jan Garrett. And um, that Jan Garrett had a dream during a drought, not unlike what we've been having in California, of rain. And then it did rain and then wrote this song and it's a song of intention and values driving hope and driving action and so i thought it would be a good one for tonight about about the environment so as soon as you get the melody if you like please do sing along Freedom and the moon rose and peace spread. 
Thanks so much, Eve. Yeah, we can give our virtual appreciation. Well done. Yeah, sometimes it seems like just a, a dream. If we'll figure this out, get it together before we fall apart. Um, and uh, it's on people's minds, um, I think, more than ever, which can be a cause for uh, anxiety uh, or it can be a cause for um, encouragement that it's on so many people's minds. I've been following the the COP26 conference, and I was reading an article today about the takeaways, the five takeaways in one article. And it seems like mm, it was a good, it was a good start, good, at, well, I shouldn't say start, it's been happening for a while, uh, a, a good motivation, but there's a, an awful lot of work to do. I, I read an article about the lobbyists descending on on the conference, um, along with uh, so many thousands of people, especially young people, who said, we've got to change here. We've got to stop. And uh, as I've said before, I believe we're all going to wake up sooner or later. Uh, and um, who knows if it's going to be sooner or later there's going to be suffering. There's suffering right now. Um, but the more we can do to help everyone wake up sooner, the less suffering there is. So uh, this is a, a crossroads moment for humanity. And um, the question is, how can we hold it without succumbing to despair, without just shrugging our shoulders and saying, oh, what, what can I do? What's the point? Uh, because that just adds to the despair. But if we say, I, I'm part of, I'm in, I'm going to do what I can in my own small way, that's contagious too. Just like fear and despair is contagious, so is commitment and, um, and care and love. And to come from that place, uh, that's very contagious energy. I was uh, listening to a um, a podcast that somebody um, recommended to me from uh, Krista Tippett. You know, you probably are familiar with her really wonderful podcasts on being, and she's she's just such a really um, excellent interviewer pulling out the the spiritual dimension of all of these influencers and world changers. Uh, and she had on this climate scientist uh, named Catherine uh, Hayhoe. Um, and uh, this is just just recently and uh, and Catherine Hayhoe said that the number one question, that she encounters is, is there any hope? That's what people want to know from a client, climate scientist. Is there any hope? It's a good question. And she answers with a, a definite yes, uh, definite that there is hope, not that everything's going to work out, but definite that there is hope and that it's the one thing that motivates people to feel that they can contribute in any one way, in any way. So um, that was the question on this first, uh, this first uh, gathering of the, the climate, uh, climate trauma series, uh, which is a series on mitigating our own trauma around climate and then being um, helping other people and organizing our neighborhoods and our communities uh, so we're not doing it alone because if we feel alone 
um, it's uh, it's very overwhelming. But we can when we can join hands and do things together, it's a it's a whole other dimension of feeling connected and hopeful. Um, and uh, part of that is um, what I what I was sharing was Joanna Macy, um, who I'm sure most everyone here knows. And her her wonderful book this is a book called Active Hope. I don't know if you can, uh, if it's a mirror image or you can see it, but uh, Active Hope, how to face the mess we're, we're in without going crazy. And she says that um, she used to hate the word hope. It was airy-fairy. It was, you know, seemed like it was just kind of, you know, not realistic, uh, and I'm reminded of a line from the Greek, the Roman philosopher Seneca, who says, you cease to be afraid when you cease to hope, because hope is accompanied by fear. And on some level, that's often true. I hope this works out. I hope you can fill in the, the the line, but if your hope has some fear mixed in it, then um, it's getting in the way of true inspiration. So she wrote this book. She finally realized after after not really connecting with the word hope that it is an incredibly essential dimension but not the hope that's accompanied by fear, what she calls active hope. And I'll read a little bit of what she says around active hope. This is from her book with Chris Johnstone on active hope. What is active hope? The word hope has two different meanings. The first involves hopefulness, believing our preferred outcome is reasonably likely to happen. If we require this kind of hope before we commit ourselves to an action, our response gets blocked in areas where we don't rate our chances too high. The second meaning is about desire. It is this kind of hope that starts our journey, knowing what we hope for and what we'd like or love to take place it is what we do with this with this hope that really makes the difference. Passive hope is about waiting for external agencies to bring about what we desire. Active hope is becoming active participants in bringing about what we hope for. Active hope is a practice. Like Tai Chi or gardening, it is something we do rather than have. It is a process we can apply to any situation, and it involves three key steps. First, we take in a clear view of reality. Second, we identify what we hope for in terms of the direction we'd like things to move in or values we'd like to see expressed. And third, we take steps to move ourselves or our situation in that direction. Since active hope doesn't require optimism, we can apply it even in areas where we feel hopeless. The guiding impetus is intention. We choose what we aim to bring about, act for, or express, and rather than weighing our chances and proceeding only when we feel hopeful, we focus on our intention and let that be our guide. So, active hope. So now I, I'll, I'll share the, um, the video of uh, Joanna and Tanisara. If you don't know Tanisara, uh, Tanisara is um, a spirit rock teacher. She was a nun for many years uh, in the uh, Ajahn Chah tradition. Um, she, um, she and 
her partner, Kitty Sorrow, who was a monk in that tradition, uh, left and um, became a couple oh, uh, almost uh, 30 years ago now. And um, she's tremendously engaged in putting herself on the line. And uh, she did a, um, a day-long at Spirit Rock with Conda Mason in October uh, on climate. Uh, and for that day long, she had a, um, a conversation uh, with Joanna that was recorded just a few days or a week or so before that, that day long. So this is just uh, less than a couple of months uh, that this conversation took place. And here is uh, Joanna and Tanisara. And it's about 20 minutes. So just uh, sit back and... Um, appreciate it and hopefully uh, be inspired by it. So I'm going to share the screen. And uh, everyone, can you see that? Just give a thumbs up. So, okay. So, all right, here it is. Joanna, um, we're so uh, moved and grateful and humble to um, have you with us. And I welcome any words that you have for us at this unbelievably critical moment that we're in as we face this great catastrophe together, which has been your life work and which you know so deeply um, through your writings, through your contemplations, through your teachings, and so many of us in our, and so many communities around the world have been uplifted, awakened, and supported through your offering. So thank you so much um, for being with us. And as I said, if you have any words for us at this moment, then truly we're, we're very present here to receive them and to hear them. So welcome. Thank you, Tanisara. Uh, it feels so appropriate to me that you are here, uh, so to speak, at my side, because your recognition of uh, what we have, that we have the Buddha Dharma to strengthen us and to bring us into even greater clarity, uh, that we have it with us uh, at this incredible time in the story of humanity. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for the kind of uh, dear beloved by me clarity of your uh, seeing of life and the Dharma. I also think that here we are in uh, 2021 uh, that uh, things are moving so very fast and I am so grateful that uh, you have invited Rupert Reed to uh, be with us in the, the meeting uh, to join with those who are gathering uh, with um, a, a Spirit Rock because uh, this uh, man uh, has been of uh, uh, such timely attentiveness uh, so clear a, a, a voice, uh, so putting every effort into helping uh, all of us at this moment to uh, rally and see what we can bring. He's always helped us to see clearly, choose clearly, speak clearly, and uh, I am grateful for him and for all that he has given to so many of us, whether uh, those of us in his uh, homeland and including Extinction Rebellion and the others in Deep Adaptation uh, and to um, those of us on this side of the pond, as it's called. And the, but I would like to I just mentioned that when I encountered uh, this, the 
Um, first, it was actually uh, the writings of Jim Vendell uh, in that paper that in uh, 2018 was uh, his paper, I guess, when he was in Australia, but speaking uh, so clearly and uh, soberly uh, about the direction that we're going straight straight over the cliff. And um, I know that my own reaction back then uh, was one, and I know it's not the, I'm not the only one who has felt that too, was one actually of relief. I just could feel some tension in my uh, shoulders and my uh, chest and back. Ah. Now it's being openly said, how dire is the situation that we're in, in terms of uh, the climate change and the catastrophe that awaits us and how brief the time is. Uh, so that, um, and that I will speak again in these few words of what a gift it is to have the, that quality of uh, certainty, not certainty that we're going to fail, but certainty that this is the moment of, in planet Earth where we can, if we don't pay attention, surely go under. Where this is a planetary moment where which demands everything we have in terms of uh, our attention and in terms of our love for life and in terms of our gratitude to be given a brain and a nervous system and a voice and a beating heart that we can be here with our human brothers and sisters, we who have a voice that will be understood and heard by other humans. It's not that we're any better than the uh, great cats, the lions and tigers or the elephants. It's just that being humans, we can get other humans to hear what we're saying. And that is a great benefit now for, for us so that we can find and we can wake up. So it, it, we may not feel right at the moment. Well, what can I say to, uh, you know, sway the uh, chiefs of state or the uh, emissaries and officials gathering in, in the uh, COP26 in Glasgow, or I don't want, but you don't know. All you know is you have a voice that other humans can hear and understand, and, and that you're here alive. You're not just wishing, you know, or on another planet saying, oh boy, I wish I could be there. I know I would take part, or you're not a you know, in some future looking back and saying, oh, if I'd only been there, I could have done something. It's because this is where we are. And the fact that we uh, don't necessarily feel sure of what we're going to do doesn't in any way rob us of the beautiful uh, and dramatic importance of being here. We can even let our ignorance speak. A lot of people will be able to understand that. So, uh, but not well, listening. We're going to be listening, my friends. You'll be listening to Rupert Reed, and and you're going to be getting something that's going to make you sound a whole bunch smarter than you may feel now. But the so I would. Uh, like to remember uh, some some uh, moments in my life when I uh, felt uh, 
catapulted into uh, the drama of the beauty of, of presence here, that we are here. Uh, and that one of them was um, actually at a, at a retreat that I had gone to with Kittisaro and, and Tanisara. And uh, in the afternoon, I was out doing a walking meditation right outside there on the beautiful uh, side of the path going crossways on the hill. And, and I was putting every inch of my attention or ounce of my attention into uh, the practice of mindful walking. And, uh, but there was some little memory from my past. It was something, uh, you know, it's so stupid. I can't even remember it, but it was, it was embarrassing and I couldn't shake it. It was uh, something I had done or said. And, uh, and I couldn't, so I tried noting it, you know, I do repeated noting, and that, I couldn't shake it. And I thought, I, why am I stuck with this? And so then this, I heard this voice. Uh, it, it was coming up my left side, and this thundering voice says, just fall in love with what is. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll try that. But then as I heard that and repeated in my mind, just fall in love with what is, I saw before me uh, above the path, something like curtains closing. That's what it was. I saw two curtains closing. And then I saw, I knew exactly what they were. One was the IPCC report I had recently read about what was in store with climate change so much worse than we thought. And the other curtain was the election in Brazil of Bolsonaro to presidency. And that what he had been promising about how he would uh, cash in on the uh, Amazon rainforest and what the, the horrors that that foretold of, of crippling its capacity to draw the rain, hold the trees, keep it functioning as the really like the lungs of the earth. And I saw those curtains close just as I had thought, fall in love with what is. Well, since then, uh, what I was able to do with that has been to not fight it that I'm here alive at a moment when this earth that I have learned to love, that I have been with ever greater gratitude to know my good fortune, to love this life. And that if I love it, then I can't love it by pretending this isn't happening or that the rainforest in Brazil has not been wounded and cashed in on and that Bolsonaro isn't there or that uh, we aren't, that the uh, emissions have grown and grown, but that this is what we're given to exercise, to experience our love for life. If we have been here and we've learned to appreciate the Buddha Dharma, if we appreciate, learn to appreciate this breathing of our lungs, appreciate our capacity to choose, appreciate our capacity to love, then it's in this moment. 
when we are among those who can respond, those with a human voice and those with choice to this growing catastrophe of the uh, climate. And so, actually, uh, I feel ever as this incredible uh, gratitude. Uh, I could beat myself up. Why don't I have a foolproof way? Why don't I have an answer to give everybody? Just go down this and write this and say that and get your family to do this. But it's up to each of us, I guess. It just has to be up to each of us to take the gifts of our life, the gifts of what we have, uh, the gifts of our love, the gifts of that and, and say, I'm using that. I'm here. I'm grateful for this moment to be alive for earth because I can use this. Whatever happens this day, I'm gonna, I can choose the ongoingness of earth, of our choosing earth. And that is uh, to be here when the stakes are so high has seemed not a terrible fate, but a really a, something I can be incredibly grateful for. To the point where I sometimes think of other centers of life in this cosmos, Buddha fields, where I imagine them lining up, the beings, bodhisattvas lining up to take a lifetime uh, a birth on earth. <laughs> Give me a birth on earth because I want to take part in one of the greatest stories that has ever happened. How we uh, saved life on earth. It's beautiful, that planet. Third one out, you know. What would what you want to do something beautiful with your life? You do that. <laughs> so um, that's my gratitude. It's my gratitude to be here. My gratitude for uh, Rupert, with what he's given his life to, and his brains and his beautiful voice and our things, and the gratitude for Tanisra, of what she's repeatedly stood for. And just because you don't see that the way is all that clear ahead, the fact that you're showing up, that's our choice. We just show up. We just show up day after day. What a privilege. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Joanna, for all you offered over decades <laughs> and for your voice at this time. I know it's very much appreciated, sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. How can we save the earth without tears? Hmm. Uh, exactly. We need to feel what we need to feel to bring all of our energy to bear upon the moment. Yeah. No, you know that there's so much love for you from so many all over the world that have benefited so profoundly from your visionary work. You know, you've always been ahead of the curve. You've always dedicated everything that you've done back for the welfare of all sentient beings, as is the Buddha's way. And it's, you know, it's such a beautiful path that you have opened up as you've translated this dharma 
into response, into deep love for, for our shared existence in this sacred web of life. Yeah, we're so lucky, aren't we? We're so lucky. We're so lucky to have it. Mm. Yeah, we are lucky. Remember the teachings that I heard first of all, where you, you can be lucky that you were born in a time when the teachings are available. That's correct. And then when they when you heard them, oh, you can be grateful that you were interested. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Instead of saying, oh, mom, what's up? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And you can be grateful that you uh, like the taste of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And to all the teachers that showed the path. And yeah. that carried it for over centuries. Mm. Truly. Mm. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you to Nusra. Yeah. Taking any part of that that you think would be useful. I think uh, it, it was, you know, it's such a beautiful message. It's perfect. And it's more than useful. It's a real transmission of deep heart and deep love in this moment and deep encouragement yeah. For us to keep going, which is what we yeah. need to do. Mm. Just fall in love with what is. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> okay, dear heart. Quite a force. Fall in love with what is. And for those who don't know, um, Rupert Reed, who was part of that uh, day long, was uh, one of the key figures in uh, Extinction Rebellion. And Extinction Rebellion is um, this group, this movement of people saying, um, I can't stand idly by. I want to put my my body uh, on the line and doing um, civil disobedience and in other ways um, um, waking people up through uh, through direct action. So maybe before I uh, I say anything else or share anything, we maybe we can uh, just see um, any comments, anything that uh, that people want to bring up reflections or um, things on your mind, we can maybe have a conversation. If you'd like, you can um, raise your hand in the, in the reaction box. Uh, actually, I can see everyone on the screen now, but um, if you feel like saying something or bringing something up, um, let's see if there's something out there. How did that grab you, touch you? What is it? There's, I'm not looking for any right answer. Just um, how did it land for you? Uh, Jean, yeah, I see your hand up. Yeah, just unmute yourself. Well, just plainly to say thank you for playing that again for us. I was at the well, the one day, and um, it's so powerful because of the perspective. It's it, it is a hopeful perspective just day by day and not knowing what's coming exactly love it as it is and as it's we do what we can and somehow I felt more hopeful after I heard her speak anyway mm -hmm. thank you Mm, thank you. Yeah, it's it's kind of a paradox that there, there she is, you know, uh, not painting a rosy picture, 
but just talking about uh, how much she loves life and wants to show up for it. And it awakens, sounds like it awakened in you and in, in others. It's like we tune into that, that channel on, on, the, on the heart dial. Oh, yeah, I want to feel that. I want to maybe make a difference. And it goes, it changes from contraction to, oh, what can I do? And uh, as I've said many times, it's not up to you to save the world, you know, not up to you to carry it on your shoulders. It's just up to you the way I see it. And I think Joanna would agree to just um, do what you do from love. That's going to feel good anyway. And that is contagious. Um, so um, I'm glad that that it had that effect on you. You saw it again. Thank you. Anyone else? Well, maybe while we're waiting, uh, there's a couple of other things uh, I thought to share. Um, one is um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I shared some teachings from Terry Patton, uh, if you were around, and uh, from his beautiful book, um, A New Republic of the Heart, An Ethos for Revolutionaries. Terry, if you were there, you remember he's the fellow who who passed away just a couple of weeks ago and um, uh, also a very inspiring, incredibly um, brilliant mind. And he says in this book, um, it's kind of echoing what Joanna said, uh, in these times, if we have the opportunity to live extraordinarily meaningful lives, I feel we have an obligation to do so. If the measure of a human life is its chance to have significance that extends beyond itself, then we've hit the jackpot. We are alive at game time on the planet when everything that we value is genuinely threatened when it's time for all hands on deck. What an interesting way to hold it. Oh, you want to, you know, you see the action pictures where the, uh, the hero or the heroine or the superheroes are, you know, it's up to them to save the planet. That's what's happening right now. And we can collectively be our own you know, superheroes, not again to, you know, to each of us individually, but to find some meaning in life. Oh, you're looking for meaning? Oh, we hit the jackpot here. How amazing. And that requires what Terry calls um, a no matter what commitment. I'll just share this again. I read some of this a couple of weeks ago. He says, we don't have to figure it all out. We don't have to become tangled up in our unknowable future as if it were an unsolvable dilemma. We don't have to handicap the odds in this high stakes revolutionary horse race in order to respond. We can cut through all the mind chatter by asking a deeper and more essential question. Can I find it in myself a no matter what commitment? Under the worst case scenario, can I still tap into the well of uncaused, unreasonable happiness? Can I still relate to my fellow humans and to all of life with care and with love? 
can I still, to the fullest extent possible, remain present as a force for good in every moment? No matter what commitment resolves all dilemmas, even if our predicament is hopeless, incapable of uh, incapable of being turned around, we are still capable of loving one another, capable of enjoyment, capable of doing whatever we can to make life better, and capable of surrendering to the unknown. Ultimately, we cannot know what lies on the other side of our predicament, but we can still say a resounding yes to life. And that yes makes all the difference. I've I've been reading uh, recently uh, a book that I'd been meaning to read for some time, but now I'm actively kind of eating it up by uh, Charles Eisenstein, another brilliant mind. And the name of the book is The More Beautiful World Our Heart Knows is Possible. And he talks about how you got to toss out odds and possibilities and even your cynicism although it's cool to be cynical. And what he makes the point, Michael Lerner uh, has made this point also, that cynics are just frustrated idealists. That we've been hurt so so often and for so long in our idealism that we, we don't want to be fooled again. And so we become cynical, but that's just because we care so much. And if you can get underneath that place that cares, that makes all the difference. Here, I just pulled up a little bit. He says, um, underneath it all, something is hurting And as long as that wound festers, no argument will be persuasive to the cynic. Remember this when you encounter a harsh, cynical critic, whether inside yourself or outside. If you remember that the cynicism comes from a wound, you might be able to respond in a way that addresses that wound. I can't tell you in advance exactly how to respond. That wisdom comes directly from hearing with compassionate ears and being present to the hurting. Perhaps there's some act of forgiveness or generosity that calls you that you might allow healing. When that happens, the intellectual beliefs, which are really just expressions of a state of being, often change spontaneously. The derision of the cynic comes from a wound of crushed idealism and betrayed hopes. And we can change that around. So let's see how we're doing. Oh, any last comment, reflection, word before we before we end? Okay, then, uh, Eve, why don't you share a dedication for us? fruits of peace with hearts of goodness luminous and bright 
people hear and see how hands and hearts can find in giving unity. May our minds awake to great compassion, wisdom, and to joy. May kindness find reward. May all who sorrow leave our grief and pain. May this boundless light meet the darkness of our sacred night. Because our hearts are one, this world of pain turns into paradise. Thank you, Eve. Thank you, everyone. May our coming here together uplift us, feel our connection with each other, know we're not alone, and may any good that we create here together, as Joanna says, uh, wrapping it up into a great ball of merit and sharing it uh, for the benefit of all and for the planet. Thank you very much for the Joanna and the other brilliant minds reading. It was very wonderful. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. Thanks. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.